Blue cheese has mold in Blue it. Blue cheese has mold in it. Here's the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Sleeping Situation <laughs> Podcast. I'm Ivy. I'm Matt. And uh, that was me singing, and it's <laughs> showtime. Kitty did a big yawn. She was not impressed. Hey, uh, it's Sleeping Situation. This is the show where we talk about our lives, and then we recommend some things to you, then we review some pop culture, and then we play a quick game. And uh, just generally get off on lots of tangents, so buckle up. Anything to add? Uh, me and Ivy are dating and we live together. And we have a cat. Ye. Ivy writes books. I'm sad. You write songs? Yes. So, uh, what's <clears throat> up? Uh, well, hey, uh, yesterday was the 4th of July. I guess yesterday from when we're recording this now. It's always so weird. We always have to make, like, a, um, a little asterisk after the... Uh, to, like, when we record it or when this comes out or... Right. That is the nature of podcasts. I could have just said the 4th of July was this past weekend, and we uh, went down to my parents' house for the day. And uh, Ivy went swimming, and I hid inside. And Matt uh, is uh, scared of the sun. I am very white. And, uh, and I'm not? Burned very easily. And I don't? I did get burnt. Have you seen my nose? Ivy has a little, little pink on her nose. But uh, at least I didn't fry my arms this time. Yeah. Last time I went swimming at Matt's parents' pool, uh, I either forgot to put sunscreen on my entire arms or washed it all off too fast or something, and my entire arms were just beet red like an hour after I got out of the pool. Yep. Uh... I don't think I forgot, so it must have washed off, or maybe my sunscreen is expired, because I think I'm going to throw that bottle away, because it's kind of old. Uh, I didn't know that was a thing that could happen to sunscreen. Yeah, I think so. Why not? I don't know. Um, you know makeup expires, right? No. Mm-hmm. I, uh, most people keep it longer than you're supposed to, and I am definitely guilty of that. I think the dates they put on it are, like, a little suspect, because, like, if my mascara isn't, like dry by six months, I'm not going to throw it away. I'm going to keep it for three more months until right. it's used up. If it starts, like, not working, then, yeah, I throw it away because then it's you know it's expired because it's, like, dried up or it hurts your eyes or mm-hmm. it's all gunky and sticky and nasty. But, uh, yeah, makeup expires. Fun fact. So we were at my parents. Yeah. And uh, I got to play my first bass, my first ever bass for a bit. <clears throat> It's in a terrible disrepair. It needs a neck adjustment <laughs> real bad. But I did write a riff on it. I recorded it on my phone for a possible future ditty. That's cool. And that's why I have so many different bases around. That's one of the many reasons. Um, is that sometimes you pick them up after not playing them for a while and you just play something new. Magic. It is. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. That's why I have to uh, buy so many notebooks. Yes. And then never write in them. Because then the magic will be ruined. You don't want to waste the magic. <laughs> sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had a nice uh, cookout. Uh, my dad cooked some burgers and brats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, we should have snagged that zucchini bread. We have watermelon. Watermelon? Mm-hmm. 
there was a lunar eclipse last night, but we didn't watch any of it. Well, we tried, and then it didn't happen, and we got tired. We just, I mostly got very tired. Um, but yeah, that was a nice time. Always fun uh, seeing my parents. We finally got to play uh, at Christmas. Christmas this year? No. Christmas last year. Uh, my sister bought me a giant-sized jumbling tower. Which TM. Is, which is a large Jenga. No, no, it's jumbling tower. Giant-sized jumbling tower. We finally, Emily said to bring it down, and I was like, oh my gosh, we haven't had a chance to play it yet because our apartment is not large enough. We don't have a yard. Yeah. Uh, so we finally got to play that, and that was really fun. Yeah. Um, if all goes as planned, uh, Best of Little Diddies Volume 6 should be out in the next few weeks or so. Woo! Um, I, I need one more song, I think. It's at, it's at 19 minutes right now, and the one song in there I'm not super thrilled with, mm. so it might get dropped. Um, I try to float around 20, 22 minutes, so 19's a little short. But I think I think the last one was under 20 minutes. Mm. I'm not shooting for full lengths here. Just uh, That's why they're called Little Ditties. Just an EP. Best of Little Ditties. The best of Little Ditties. That's two shorts. If it was just ditties, then it would be full-length big ditties. But this is best of, so that already cuts it down. And then it's little ditties, so that's even smaller. Well, no, they are the little ditties. No, it's best of little ditties. Even though some of them get kind of long. Well. There's been like six minuteers in there, and it's like, (laughs) that's too much. I don't have that much to say. Um, I do have uh, some gigs coming up, which I will... uh, uh, re re um, I will tell you about. You'll now. plug. I will. Now. I will plug now. Uh, this Friday, July tenth, uh, Low Siders at East End with Acronauts playing double duty. Yo, Low Siders and the Acronauts' first ever gig ever at the East End this Friday. That's what it should be called: first ever gig ever. Uh, I believe it is a limited capacity gig, so if you want to come. Make sure you reserve a spot on the Facebook event. Uh, I also think they're live streaming it, Mm. which should be cool. I'll probably do that. The following day, uh, Saturday, July 11th, Lowsiders playing at Buzz, uh, not Buzzman, gosh, at Matinee in Akron in Highland Square uh, with the Buffalo Riders. Uh, Saturday after that, July 18th, Lowsiders playing Annabelle's. With, I think, Liquid W's are playing that one. Uh, and then the Friday, the 24th, Los Siders at Buzzman. That is with uh, Buffalo Riders. And then on the 25th, I will be playing with Zach Griffith Band at the Hideaway in Massillon. Massillon. That's what the uh, GPS calls it. Yep. Massillon. That's why I always say it like that. Ah. Massillon. Come hang out. Come listen to music. Support your favorite local bands. Wear a mask. Buy beers. Don't breathe on anyone. Um, I think that's about all that's going on with me this week. I I can't think of anything else that's been of any sort of terrible excitement. Nah. What's, uh, Ivy's yawning. Am I boring you? No, I had a margarita and now it's been, you know, an hour and now I'm sleepy. (laughs) 
Um, what's been going on with you? Um, I have spent the last several days binging all of Let's Play on Webtoons, and it is amazing. If you are a reader of Webtoons or webcomics or, you know, anything of that sort. Graphic media. Graphic media. Not graphic as in, like, violent, as in, like, comics. Uh, check it out. Download the Webtoons app. It's free. Or go on the uh, website. Read Let's Play. It's great. It's like a, a romantic comedy, basically. And it follows a, uh, a an aspiring uh, indie game designer and also a VTuber, a streamer, basically. Uh, plus all of their friends, and there's all these intertwining stories and whatnot, and all the characters have different backstories. And it's basically like a rom-com, like a romance, and there's sort of... Uh, the indie game designer, she has, like, several sort of love interests, so it's a lot about, like, who's she gonna choose, but, like, what does she learn about them along the way? And the best thing about it is it's, like, one, a really good story, because all of the backstories are great, and, like, the character development is really good, but at the same time, it's, like, super guilty pleasure and, like, fan servicey, like, in the best way at the same time. It's, like, the best of both worlds, mm -hmm. as far as you can get with, like, a rom-com type thing, because everybody is super duper hot, which is great. Uh... And there's, like, very funny, like, fourth wall breaking moments, and there's, like, uh, very funny, like, references and nods uh, to different pop culture and all that kind of stuff. So I really like that, but at the same time, like, the character development is, like, really interesting, and everybody has, like, kind of, like, deep things that they're dealing with, so, like, the storytelling that way is, is really cool at the same time. Um, yeah, so yesterday I went swimming, and also what Matt didn't mention is we played the world's longest game of cornhole. Uh, because it was us against his parents, and they kept going over, and we couldn't score any points. So it just, like, stayed at, like, 18 to 18 for, like, 30 minutes. It was nuts. Uh, and then we threw a frisbee back and forth for, like, ever until it got dark. I don't even know how long we were doing that, but it was a long time. Yeah. I, put, was I have, really was going to talk about that Oh, okay. my uh, things of the week. Well, I, I also have that in my things of the week. So yeah. anyway, that was fun. Uh, yesterday, Matt's sister Emily said the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, because we were talking about, like... Uh, like, opinions on, like, things that are, are generally debated. And what she tried to ask me was, do you think a tomato is a fruit or a vegetable? And what she accidentally said was, is a tomato a fruit or an onion? And I was crying, laughing, in the swimming pool, uh, behind my sunglasses. I could not stop laughing. It was the funniest thing ever. Just the way she said it so plainly, and then we both realized what she said, and it was so funny. Um, this morning I went on a bike ride around the neighborhood with my mom and my brother, and that was a fun time. It was toasty outside, but, uh, I like riding my bike, so that was good, and it was nice of them to come up, because we didn't see them yesterday. So, uh, still had a holiday weekend with them. Um, I got some extra masks from my office. I guess the, like, Bureau of Workers Comp, like, dropped them off at my office for we some reason. We got a reason. bunch, too. Is that where they came from? I don't know. Some, the city of some, some kind, uh... Drop them off, and so I knew that some of my coworkers had taken them and like tied item and stuff, and so like I wanted a few to decorate, so I went and picked up a couple. I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do with them yet. I'm looking at them because they are next to me, and I realize that nobody can tell that I'm looking at them because this is an audio podcast. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, gonna gonna decorate some more masks to have, and uh, I don't think we mentioned this yet, but we started watching Avatar. It's finally time. <laughs> Matt has been initiated now into the Watching Avatar in Order Club. Part of the uh, agreement that uh, we watched the Clone Wars, 
which uh, Ivy so reluctantly began. No, I didn't. I always wanted to. Sure. Uh, was that after we complete the Clone Wars, we would watch Avatar. And Korra. And Korra. And so now we're doing that. And it's amazing, and Matt loves it, and it's the best show ever made. Uh, so, I'm sure once we finally finish that, there will be reviews aplenty. There will be lots to talk about because it is an amazing show with so much going on. We, uh, we were talking the other day that I remember liking that show, but I never remember watching it very much. Yeah. Which is strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, my theory was that, like, because I definitely liked it, but I know that I like fell off watching it at some point and I feel like what happened was they didn't rerun it very much so if you missed one episode you were kind of confused for the rest of forever you know back in like the early 2000s maybe that was it because that, I feel like they just didn't rerun it that much so like if you missed it you kind of just missed it right or at least like um what what I remember a lot being a, a kid of the television uh was that I had my rotation mm-hmm and, uh, talk to him later. Um, you know, like, I knew the rotation. And yeah. there was certain stuff that I would watch, and then I have to change this channel to watch this. Right? Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like Avatar was way more of a weekly serial thing. So it yeah. wasn't on, like, every night at 8. No, it was, like, Mondays at whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, the uh, premiere. Yeah. So... I feel like, you know, any sort of... Something that I would have had to keep kept up on... Yeah. ...would have been harder for me to watch than, like... I know that Fairly Odd Parents is on at four. Like, every day. Every day. In reruns. Right. Regardless yeah. if it's a new episode or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. it probably wouldn't have been. It would have probably been the daily slot at four, then we'll do, like, new ones at... Seven eight. or yeah, something. Seven, yeah, yeah. Yep, so we are adventuring through that. We are having a grand old time. I am happy. Every time I see what episode is next, I go, <clears throat> and get very excited. And I'm looking forward to watching all of it again. Yay. So that's all I got. You ready to move on to everybody's favorite segment? Yes. It's Things it's of the things Week. It's Things of the Week. Bob. <laughs> that was like... We set it in 3D. Like, it overlapped just <laughs> enough. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I just got a few this week. Um, Leanne Le Havis, who is a fantastic singer-songwriter uh, from England, I believe. Oh, jolly old England. Has released a cover of Radiohead, uh, Radiohead's Weird Fishes, which is one of my, if not my favorite, Radiohead song. And it's a jam. It's a great cover. Um, I, I, I don't remember how I found that. I think I was going there to find another song to play you. And I was like, wait. <laughs> is this... Weird Fishes, Weird Fishes, or is this another song called Weird Fishes? Because sometimes that happens. Yeah, every once in a while. Uh, but it is, and it's fantastic. Cool. Um, I watched uh, the first ever George Carlin TV spot, which oh. was uh, George Carlin. I think it's at UCLA, uh, but it was on HBO in like 77 or 78, I think. Uh, classic George Carlin. 
Um, I thought it was really funny. At the beginning of the program, they have a, this lady's there, and she's like, uh, George Carlin is one of the most exciting new comedians. Um, you know, he's already changed the sort of face of comedy. Um, but part of his routine is that he uses very crass language, and he won a Supreme Court case mm-hmm. um, defending his freedom of speech. So they're like, we're going to show his performance unedited. We understand if you don't want to watch it, but we feel that it's our our duty to Mr. Carlin's freedom of speech to show it unedited. Um, so even in the performance then, right? Mm-hmm. So he drops the occasional swear here and there. But before he does the seven dirty words bit... Mm-hmm. Um, which is not even like the classic seven dirty words bit. It was like an, uh, in a continuation on it. Yeah. It stops the program and this like thing comes up on screen. And it's like, watch out. Yeah. It's basically like the following segment of Mr. Carlin's performance is especially crass. Like and this is your warning. Get out now. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you, you might want to cons- turn back, you might want to consider if you want to keep watching it, I thought it was really funny. I love like old TV things like that. Yeah. Um, but the performance itself is really funny. I'm sorry, I look, keep looking at the cat because she's sitting over there on top of an amp looking so sleepy but also so dejected and sad. Like, oh, Poor pay attention to me. Um, I listened to the first two Black Sabbath albums for last night. They're bangers. Uh, lyrics aren't that great, but uh, everything else is great. Cool. Some of, the, some of the lyrics in Black Sabbath stuff are just dumb. That's not really what Black Sabbath is about, though. Right. right? Black Sabbath is about the aesthetic. Kind of. Uh, but also, they're super tight. Hmm. Like, if they would have just... If they would have fired Ozzy and just put out instrumental music, it would have been just as hit. <laughs> uh, yeah, we threw the Frisbee for a minute last night. Mm-hmm. And I love Frisbee. That was so fun. Um, it's the one physical sport-like thing that I'm actually decently good at (laughs) could have been a uh, championship ultimate frisbee player maybe uh i'm a little sore today because we did run around a bunch last night i'm just thinking about what the fuck richard (laughs) (laughs) uh also we went to the uh el rancho tonight it's our our local uh taco haunt and uh (laughs) taco haunt that's a good band name called it um and Ivy had the margarita, so for if we, it, well, I've had I had a couple beers too. So if we seem a little goofy tonight, it's because we went to the taco place. Ivy's I'm stop, so sleepy stop now. Yawning. Do we need to get you some tea? No. Do I need to smack you around a bit? No. <laughs> Leave me alone. Like, no. No. Cross the microphone. No. What are your things of the week? This week, my things of the week include uh, Droffy's back. Not that they were stopping making videos, but Droffy came out, uh, the Droffy channel on YouTube, and said that they have finally, like, uh, totally gained ownership, like, independent ownership of their channel. Um, They were part of, like, the College Humor sort of family of channels before, but now they they independently own it, um, the five of them, the four artists in their uh, video editor. And that's super exciting because now they can, like, put out more edited videos and, like, way more content. And they opened up a Patreon and what? So what, so who? It's Jacob and Julia. Nathan. And Nathan. Karina. And David is their editor. Have Is David in anything? Um, Rarely. David was in, like, the one, they did it semi-recently. Um, 
and they drew posters for musicals they've never heard of. Mm. David was the one that was, like, giving the musicals. Oh, okay. Um, but um, David's in very few. Okay. But he, they just do, like, the editing. They need to have uh, Jake and some more. They haven't done anything with him in a long time, and I get the feeling that maybe, like, things got weird between them for some reason, mm. but I don't know. Um, they said they're going to have, like, guests and stuff again soon, so I bet they'll have um, Tristan a bunch. The uh, the lore librarian guy. I don't know if I know who that is. He would come in and be like, Julia, I give you... And then he would say, like, a Batman villain that you've never heard of. Most of the, like, the that you've never heard of, he was the guy that was, like, giving the prompts. Oh. Anyway, if you've never watched it, Drawfee is a channel on YouTube where they do illustrations from random, like, suggestions that people send in, and they're super duper funny, so you should watch them. And they have a Patreon now, since they've gone independent and are trying Ooh, to, like, support ah, themselves. Got a Patreon. Who's that? That's, uh, that's Sour TV. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, Guess so I... Guess who's got Patreon? I joined it, because they are my favorite content creators on the entire internet, and I want them to continue to do things. They're going to do more draw-tectives. They're going to do all sorts of fun stuff, so I'm very, very excited. Um, also, Let's Play, but I already talked about that. I just ate a zebra cake, and it was divine. <laughs> I just I, It's been like a year or two since I've had Ooh, one. And ah, got a zebra cake. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I also watched the first half of Howl's Moving Castle the other day. What a great... Uh, what a great movie. I've not seen that one. It's a good one. You, you know, you might like that one. It is a, a Studio Ghibli. Yes. But it, I would say that it has a little more plot than the other ones do. Uh, because I know you don't like the other ones because they're kind of slow at times. That's, that's not my gripe with those. The gripe is that things happen for seemingly no reason. I mean, it's just a different style of filmmaking. Yeah, it's just, it I get, well, I guess the pacing is weird, too. Yeah, um, Miyazaki has this whole thing where he always says, like, he, he always is sure to put in, like, moments of, like, rest between, like, action scenes. He doesn't like how, like, American films are just, like, action, 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 action. Right. He likes to put space between them. Anyway, um, House Moving Castle is pretty good. It's about, like, wizards and stuff, and there's, like, a war going on, and, you know, all these wizards cursing each other and stuff, and it's, it's good. Um, I say I watched the first half of it because I was watching it at a, uh, you know, a link that you may find on the internet. Uh, but halfway through it stopped, so I was like, well, guess I am not watching it. It's because I, like, paused it for a second and then I wouldn't start again. Of course. And so I was just like, well, uh, it's not worth... And it wouldn't let me scrub through it, so I was like, well, I, I'm not going to watch the whole first half hour again. Right. So, <laughs> uh, might just have to buy that one on DVD or something. Um, I thought those were supposed to be coming to Disney Plus or Netflix or something, but they're not yet. Anywho, my last thing of the week is Frisbee, because we had a grand old time throwing the Frisbee around until we couldn't see it anymore because it got dark. Like children, you know, how you play until it gets dark. Yeah, until the streetlights come on. Yeah, and then you have to go home. Uh, things of the week. Boop. Boop. And now... From the makers of Things of the Week, it's the Situation Review. It's uh, the part of the show where Ivy comes out and sings a silly song. <gasps> this is the song that never ends. Uh, this week on Situation Review, we are reviewing the new Gary Goldman special, uh, The Great Depression. I believe it came out a couple months ago. Yes. But it's still fairly recent. Yes. Definitely his most recent. Yes. Uh, Gary Goleman is a comedian, 
and uh, we saw him about I was what, gonna say, three years ago. Long maybe time now? listeners of the podcast. It hasn't been that long ago. Mm, I think it might be. Do we? Did we see him before or after Mike Birbiglia? I think that was after Mike Birbiglia. Eh, yes, I want to say yes, but now it's the the timeline is very cloudy. And what's different. that? Um, what's that club called? Uh, Hilarities, Hilarities Fourth Street in Theater Cleveland. in Cleveland. Shout out to that place. Yeah, they bring in good people. They're having a Brian Regan soon. I saw. I would go but, see Brian Regan. That would be fun. Uh, I'm not going to any shows right now, but all right. Uh, but he would be cool to see. Yes, we saw... They get get some, like, sort of smaller touring comedians, but they also get, like, fairly big names there, which is really cool. I've seen... I mean, we've seen a a lot of people there now. Yeah. I mean, we saw Mike Probiglia and Gary Gullman there. We've definitely seen more, though, haven't we? Not there. Uh, Well, I went that one time and met Lauren, and we saw that one guy. The time that it, uh, blizzarded so hard, and I had a really bad panic attack on the way... (laughs) Uh, I swore we saw somebody else there. I don't think... I think just those two. Because... Um, Olin was in Pittsburgh. Yep. And John we saw at uh, John Mulaney. At Kent. We Mark should... Marin was at... Agora. Yeah. I swore we there was one more. I don't think so. I don't remember. All right. Uh, here, this is this is the left turn, but uh, are there any comedians that you would like to see? Taylor Tomlinson. That would be fun. I've loved her for, like, two years now. Her special was so good. If she tours around again, I would love to see her. Um, I mean, Mark Maron was, like, a big one for me. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Bill Burr at some time, mm-hmm. at some point. Uh... Otherwise, I mean, it's... I mean, we've hit most of our big ones. I mean, right there. I have a, I have a small crew of, uh, of people that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to even think of anyone else that I would like to see. You asked me too point. quick. I'm not prepared to answer, but I want to see Taylor Tomlinson so bad. I would see Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Eh. Maybe. See, I like Seinfeld. I know he's a, he's a pretty polarizing comedian. I don't think he's a bad comedian, but I don't know that I love him as a person that much. Okay. He's like, meh, to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like a lot of people don't think he's funny. I think the show is better than probably most stand-up that he does. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, I like the show. That's a pretty well-known fact, I think. <laughs> I don't know, you're going to have to let me think on it. Who else I want to see? So, uh, Gary Goldman, then. So, so, but there's a new Gary Goldman. I feel like this happens every time we talk about comedy. Yeah, we just go off the rails. We just talk about John Mulaney for 20 minutes. Talk about all of our other favorite comedians. <laughs> True. Um, yes. Uh, there's a new Gary Goldman special out. It's on HBO, I believe, but the album is available on Spotify. And we listen to it, uh, on Spotify. Yeah. And now we're going to review it. Ivy... What do you think overall? Overall, I think it was a really solid special. I think it's entertaining from start to finish. And uh, it was autobiographical, but in a very accessible way. Because it it didn't just feel like somebody talking about themselves for an hour. It felt like somebody talking about, like, topics for an hour while also being sort of autobiographical about his life. 
Yes. So I think that was really well done, and I enjoyed it. What did you think overall? Uh, I thought it was pretty great. Um, I've I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Uh, obviously, we went and saw him in Cleveland. Um, he's the tallest man that has ever lived. This is true. He said he's six foot six, like yes. in this one. I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> even though we were like not, we were like medium close to the stage, and mm-hmm. he still looked huge. Yeah. Because a lot of the time, it's like, not until you get close to somebody do you realize how tall they are. But even from far away, I was like, that is the tallest man I've ever seen. I, I watched one of his older specials uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. and Because uh, it never occurred to me that he was that tall. Yeah. Until we saw him. Yeah. He was huge. And now I, I watch the special again. I'm like, oh, yeah. Now I see it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very tall. Um, anyhow. I thought this was a great special. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, things in his catalog go. Uh, definitely a little bit different, um, yeah. because it does dive into, um, as the title might suggest, um, he did have a, a fairly severe depressive spell, mm-hmm. um, depressive spell, uh, episode. Yes. Whatever um, it's called. And he does talk about that pretty heavily in this. Um. It's pretty much like what everything else is revolving around. Right. It's like, that's the point he's getting to is like, this is what happened to right. me and this is why and that's, this is how I got out of it. Yeah. Uh, he's never done a special like that yet. You know, there's, like, where there's one overarching theme. Yeah, um, more like a Birbiglia one. I was is. I was yeah. literally going to say, the, the, the important thing is here that I really enjoy that kind of special. Yes. It's, like, sort of, it's almost like a one-man show performance type thing that just happens to be a stand-up special. Yeah. Um, being a big fan of Mike Birbiglia, I really enjoy that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now... Gary Goldman is doing it, and it's kind of like a fun, like, ooh, he's doing the thing. Um, but I thought, as far as a, a standalone special, I think it's great. But I also really liked how honestly and openly he talked about his struggle with mm-hmm. mental illness. Um, it's still a bit of a taboo thing. Um, and yeah. I think it's really good that, you know, somebody sort of in the public eye that is already known for you know, being a comedian and having put out this body of work can come out and talk about that kind of thing. Yeah, and he's, like, he's mentioned it before in his other Mm -hmm. specials and stuff, but it's never been, like, the focus of the special like it is in this one. Right. You know, he he would mention offhandedly, like, and I was depressed at the time, or, like, you know, I've gone through this in my life, but I've noticed whatever, but it was never the whole thing like this one is. Ivy's favorite bit from him is he says something about uh, (laughs) somebody being on medication and he says, I'm on everything but roller skates. Or, He's like, trust me, I get it. I'm on everything but roller skates. Right. Like, the way he says it so matter-of-factly is just 100% <laughs> A-plus, best thing in the world. The cat's going to jump into the laundry basket. No, she's going to go around and get in the uh, computer chair. Ba-doop. Oh, we're both wrong. Uh, so what did you like about it in specific? I think that he handled the subject that he was talking about in the absolute best possible way. It's like making light of sort of this very like dark experience he's had or like this sort of like, you know, difficult thing he's lived with, the depression and anxiety and mental illness and like the expectations that sort of made him worse and like the time that he grew up, all that kind of stuff is like, you know, it's like really deep stuff and it's making light of it without making fun of it. It's making light of just, like, his experience, like, the situation, not, like, depression itself. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Like, you could still tell that it was 
like, a, a big thing that affected him and, like, that affects lots of people. Right. I just think, like, somebody that has it is, like, the right person to talk about it, first of all, because somebody who doesn't deal with something like that is not going to portray it right. in an honest way. But, like, the way that he joked about it was, like, the best possible way to make make it funny. Right. That's what made it comedy while also being about such a heavy subject. Yes. And I like the way he handled it. There's some... Um, I've heard before that one of... There's a, a w- approach to dealing with depression is to acknowledge how absolutely funny it is. Yeah. Um, because it's... When you're in it and when you're around people that are in it, it's super scary and it's super dark. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at it sometimes like... Uh, why didn't you eat today? Well, I, I couldn't. Why not? Why didn't you just make a sandwich? It's too hard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so absurd. Like, the fact that, you know, making a sandwich is so easy. Yeah. But it's so hard. And but when you're not in the middle of it, you can't, you can see that. But when you, yeah, that's the only right. time you can, like, comment on that kind right. of thing. Right, and yeah. sort of looking back on it, you're like, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Right? It's like, mm-hmm. um... One of my personal uh, personal experiences, um, and in some of my one of my worser depressive episodes, is that uh, I was always really disappointed that I would miss uh, breakfast or I would mix miss brunch on the weekends at the uh, the dining hall in college because I was sleeping too late, and mm-hmm. brunch ended at three o'clock. <laughs> oh, you poor boy. Uh, so it's it's like yeah so an example from the thing is he does this whole bit about if you're eating ice cream with a fork which right. I do on purpose and it has nothing to do with this <laughs> but it, I still found it funny he's saying like if you're eating ice cream out of the tub that's one thing but if you're eating it with a fork that means you didn't have like the wherewithal to wash a spoon like right. that was too much and so he does this whole thing about if you're eating ice cream with a fork I can tell you exactly what uh, trauma you've suffered or whatever <laughs> and um yeah, it's very funny that he just points out the, like, ridiculousness of it at mm-hmm. the same time as, you know, showing how much it affected him and right. how hard it was, too. Yeah. And he doesn't belittle anything, either. And yeah. I think that's the, like, I guess the important part of how he's addressed. Yeah, it. like, it's justifying everything that he went through, but also making jokes of it. Right. You know, at the same time. It just works. It's perfect. Um, he's really good at callbacks to earlier jokes. Um, there are a lot of them in this. He'll, you know, mention something that he... You know, tie back in something that he said earlier. I I know there were a ton, and I can't remember them off the top of my head. Um, he did a whole long bit about um, people, like, when he was growing up, were so much angrier because they were always dehydrated. They didn't drink enough water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he brings that up again later. It's just like, I, need, I needed a bottle of water or something. Um, so that's very funny. Um, I liked how personal it was. Not all comedy has to be like that. It's fine to be, like, observational and not talk about yourself. But um, I thought this one worked well as a a very personal sort of discussion. Um, We were talking about this in the car, like, even before we started listening to it. But, like, his word choice is spot on. He picks very, like, deliberate, like, words. And the words that he chooses are very, like, just well thought out, but even if they're, like, kind of funny, he says them as if it's the most normal way to describe something, but he'll describe it, like, way too formally. Or he'll describe it in just, like... He'll he'll say a ridiculous word as if it's not silly. And my favorite part to illustrate this was when he was saying, like, millennials, they take a lot of guff. 
He's like, I can't stand the... What is... The, it was guff and something uh, else. What was the second one? Um, flack. Yeah. He's like, they get a lot of flack. They get a lot of guff. Flack and guff. He said it like four times. He's like, I don't know which is worse, guff. the flack or the guff. Guff, as well as flack. Yeah. yeah. It was... Yeah. And he just said those two words as if they aren't kind of silly words to use. Right. He was like, dead serious. They take a lot of guff. <laughs> um, my favorite one is uh, when... I think it's in the... Um, the bit about not it's not in this special it's in his previous one which is called i forget um it's it was on netflix mm-hmm. it was the netflix one he did about the state abbreviation um but he said a group of ne'er do wells how often do well nah. ne'er <laughs> yeah that's a really good one yeah, he just has a very good way with language and word choice, and I, I appreciate the way that he speaks and the, the words that he uses. Um, I like how sort of he takes you from his childhood and progresses through and shows, like, the progression of how, like, his mental illness changed him, so I like how he did it sort of in chronological order that way. Like, mm-hmm. it made sense as a story, and I enjoyed following it. And, um, yeah, like, you already sort of started to say, but he's taking, like, the the sort of... Uh, taboo out of it. He's taking, like, the shame out of it by, like, discussing it so openly mm-hmm. and saying... There were a couple times he stopped to say, like, it looks like this in the movies and this was my experience, like, in the psych mm-hmm. ward or, like, in therapy or whatever. Like, it's not... If you've never been there, it's not what you think it is. And mm-hmm. I really think that comedy is a cool way to, like, say those things that he was trying to say. Like, this is how it's... This is how real it is. Yeah. Um, instead of, like, what you've seen in movies. Yeah. Oh, I mean, really, that's one of the great things that comedy has always done is that it's taken these super heavy, serious topics that aren't normally talked about Mm -hmm. and made them funny. Because that's the only way that it's not painful to talk about them. Right. Um, Another another person, another comedian to add to the list that I would like to see at some point, Mm -hmm. that also does this very well is Patton Oswalt. Oh, yeah. Oh, he would be great. I would love to see Patton. Yeah. Um, but he also, he does the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, his wife died. Like, it was super sad. Right, like two years ago. Yeah. And Not he, you know, he took that and didn't downplay it, but, you know, kind of... It, like, makes it finding, accessible when yeah. you make it a little bit lighter. Right. And you it makes it possible to talk about. Right, yeah, you find the... Because everyone has lost somebody mm-hmm. at some point, you know. Um so it's not like they're making fun of somebody that died. It's like, you know, just finding that sort of universal. Like, what a crazy situation that we've all found ourselves in. Yeah. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. No, that, that's fine. Um, I think that was all I was going to say. So what things did you like about it? Um, in general, I really like Gary's... St- uh, Gary. I say that like we're friends. Uh, oh, me and Gary. I love when he... Gary. Yeah. Um, his... Overall sort of style mm-hmm. um, is what I, when I first saw him, is what I really liked about it. Uh, it's very matter of fact. It's very, it's almost dry at some points. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the humor sort of hinges on his word choice. And the mm-hmm. fact that he uses these sort of, I don't want to say fancy words, um, but the most grammatically correct thing that he could say that nobody says. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that was really funny. And it's um, just something that he does in general that I, I like a lot 
is that all of the jokes are very carefully constructed Mm -hmm. and the word choice is very important and the timing is really important. His delivery is super, it's not just the content, it's the delivery is super important with him. Yes. Um, And I think that more than anything is what I like about the comedians that I like. Mm -hmm. It's not what they say, it's how they say it. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, if if John Mulaney was doing Gary Goleman jokes, they wouldn't work. No, because John Mulaney has to talk like this. Right, like a 1920s banker. Yeah. Um, Street smarts. Right. <laughs> um, and, and vice versa is, yeah. is true, too. If, if Gary Goleman had to do John Mulaney bits, they really wouldn't work, because part of John Mulaney's thing is he's like, whoa! Um, he's just like some guy on the street yelling at you. Right. <laughs> That's what John Mulaney yes. is. Um, I yeah, I like that they're sort of clever jokes, and you might even miss them the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's I've always loved that about. Um, I've said before, you can watch a Marx Brothers movie ten times <laughs> and not catch everything. Yeah, you know, you're gonna pick up something new every time, and I I feel like he's one of those um, comedians. I do like that there's sort of this overarching. A topic that binds the whole special together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it seem more like a prepared piece of art and less like a, these are jokes that I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. it's less like bits and more of like a story. Right. Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there, again, there's nothing wrong with that, I yeah. think. Um, but having that binding topic gives the gives it a different feel um and i i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing um if anything when you get to the end of it you feel there's like a it's like when you get to the end of a good movie you have that sort of feeling of like ah it's over and now Mm -hmm. it's um you get that nice sort of completion arc yeah um uh but i i think most importantly this is one of the more, at least as far as um, stand-up specials go, one of the more honest and open looks at depression and anxiety and like having to deal with these. Mm-hmm. And a lot of comedians will refer to those kind of things, but they don't go too far into it. Yeah. Um, whereas he really sort of dives in. He takes a look at why he's like this and what happened in the sort of path of leading to to where he is now um and i just i really don't think you get that a lot if if ever really a lot of the times the depression ends up being the punchline like i did this because i had depression and that's why it's funny right and with him it's something else is the punchline the depression is the setup a lot of the time which is like kind of different yeah that's a good point I like too that it doesn't feel it doesn't feel preachy. Yeah. And I think I think you you hit on something with the fact that it's the setup and not the punchline. Mm-hmm. Um I think whereas if if depression is the if that's the joke, it feels more like feel bad for me because I'm sad. Yeah. Um Whereas this is like, it's a little bit like, 
I'm sad, but we've all been sad. But wasn't that a silly thing that happened? It's more like you're in on the joke, and it's not self-deprecating so much. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. But I think he's probably done that better than I've heard it done. Yeah. From anyone, really. Yeah. Um, but the fact that there is that overarching sort of theme... And that it does have that sort of serious undertone to it. Gives it a totally different feel than his old specials. Mm -hmm. um, which I think is really cool because it keeps it sort of fresh. Yeah. Um, another comedian that I enjoy but is lost, I've lost favor with slightly is Gaffigan. Yeah. Um, I've always liked his stuff and I think he's funny. But every Jim Gaffigan special you can expect the same thing from Jim Gaffigan. I don't, and I don't think it used to be like that, but once he got to, like, the fourth or the fifth one, it's like, now we know. Right. It's like, it's, it's become, like, you, ex you expect the same thing. Right. Um, again, not that he, not that those specials aren't funny. Yeah. And I, you know, he's a great comedian, and mm -hmm. he's another one that I, I don't think I would mind seeing. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be, that would be a lot of fun. Um. But it, but it is a little bit like you know pretty much what you're getting from a Jim Gaffigan special. Yeah. Um, this one feels different, but also really familiar, and that's what I. That's one of the things I really liked about it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. I didn't feel disappointed because it was different. Yes. Because it still feels like a Gary Goldman special, but it has this new thing to it. Uh, do you have any grievances? Not which to air. Not many. Um, I had to like think pretty hard to come up with something that like I would improve or change or whatever. Um, one thing that I, as, okay, let me start over. When it started, he sort of, he dives right into sort of like, this is, you know, I had a big depressive episode, that's why I haven't done a special in a while, and then he's like, and it starts in childhood, and that's what gets him into the story. Mm -hmm. And then he starts talking about like, when I grew up, it was, you know, like this and whatever. And then he goes off on the tangent about like, we never drank water. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, and then it kind of veers back to the story. And I love when it, when those tangents go like that. Like, I like that kind mm -hmm. of comedic, I don't know if you'd call that pacing or, like, organization or yeah. whatever. But, like, you know, Berbiglia does that. Mark mm -hmm. Barron does that. Um, and I don't want to, like, compare it too much to, like, somebody else. But I'm just saying, like, that's something that I've seen in other people that I also like. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there were fewer of those the farther it went on. It was more, like, straight about the story, which isn't a bad thing, but I do like those tangents because it, it, it's, like, a, a strange way that gets you on a very specific topic to make very specific jokes about. Um, but then it, it brings it back to the story because it's still related. Um, I just enjoy that in my comedy specials, and I felt like he did a couple of those earlier on, but, like, the farther you get into the performance or whatever, there were fewer. Um... It also felt like it was super heavily focused on, like, his early life and then, like, fairly recently. And there was, like, a little bit about, like, him in college, but not a ton. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like I would have liked to hear more about what happened in the middle. Mm -hmm. Because he sort of made a point of, like, I've had some big, you know, depressive episodes in my life. And it kind of leads you to assume, like, okay, in the middle that he must have been doing all right. But it would have been interesting to hear about that then. Sure. Um, so, like, if I was going to add anything or if there was something, like, I wanted to hear more about, it would have been that. Because mm -hmm. he really only talked about, like, the lower points and sort of, like, we didn't get to hear a whole lot about, like, how it got better. So I would have been interested to hear a little bit more about that. Sure. But, you know, there's only so much you can say in an hour, so yeah. it happens. Um, what things did you 
uh, what, what what grievances do you have? Um, I'll I'll agree with the sort of uh, you know like kind of tangent rants coming out and going back mm-hmm. in, and I think that's one of the things that he does really well. Yeah. Uh, because he'll you follow him along mm-hmm. with these sort of you know off the rails kind of tangents, and then he goes like. So I'm standing in line at Trader Joe's. And you're like, yeah. oh, I totally forgot about what See, we were like, talking about. That's the feeling. I love that. Like, oh, yeah, like we were talking about right. Trader Joe's. Yeah, or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I will agree that didn't happen as much in this. Mm-hmm. Um, my big gripe with this really is the order. Mm-hmm. I think it it does, it starts nice and it has a setup. And then it has this sort of progression. And then it ends where he gets better. And then it goes on. Yeah. Like, there's this extra stuff. Like, all the stuff about ice cream was about after, like, he got better. Yeah. I guess that's true. And I think that would have made more sense sort of in that, and the end ends up where, like, Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it felt like that's where it should have ended, and then it went on. And I, again, I think the bits after that were great. That, the whole ice cream thing was... Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Is that one of the bits he did when we saw him? Yes. I thought so, because that, that one, was, like, the one I remember. And he did the 60 Minutes thing. Oh, see, I don't remember that at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I remember the 60 yeah. Minutes. Um, so, again, I, I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing, but I would have liked it to wrap up a little neater, yeah, I think. It, maybe it could have had a, a nicer bow on it. Yeah. Perhaps. Um, my other, like... I guess complaint is that it's not really a complaint. It's just an observation. It does get a little serious at times. It does mm-hmm. get heavy at times. I mean, he's tackling a fairly serious topic. Um, I th- think that makes it maybe not so much of a universally enjoyable special as maybe his other ones would be. Um, maybe. I think I have a different view on it being a person that like, suffers with depression. Mm-hmm. And I can view it with a certain kind of light because I understand like some of the things that he's talking about. Um, and I, I'm sure everyone does to an extent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people want to watch comedians that just start jokes. Yeah. And not some sort of overall, oh, this is the lesson, you know. Um, so I can't imagine everyone thinking it's super funny or like yeah. enjoying it to the same extent that they might even some of his older specials i yeah i can see that uh but that's really my only complaint i, I didn't have uh yeah i didn't have many either no good uh if you had to give it a rating i said a solid eight out of ten because i really didn't have much to complain about i really enjoyed listening to it, even though we did it in, like, two halves in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, very funny, very, like, genuine and personal. Like, he's he's really, like, bearing his soul in a lot of it, mm-hmm. so it's, like, a really cool thing for somebody to do. Talking about mental illness in a way that, like, humanizes it mm-hmm. and that makes it not necessarily understandable, I guess, but, like, it, it, it shows the reality of it, I guess, mm-hmm. in, like, a very uh, personal way. So I think that's a really cool thing, and I respect him for doing it. So, I liked it. Would recommend. How about you? Um, I said the exact same thing. Eight out of ten. 
Yeah. Um, I thought it was a great special, and it's a great... I'm glad that he's putting out stuff again. Yeah. Um, and I think that it has... Having that sort of underpinning is... It's it's kind of more important than just making you laugh. Yeah. I think it's a great document of, you know, sort of who he is as a person and this, this thing he went through. Mm-hmm. Um, it might take a second listening to, and I might try to watch it at some point. Yeah. Um, I would like to watch it and, like, see him yeah. do it rather than just listen. Um, one thing that sort of instantly I, I, I just thought of, like, when you were talking about, like, your overall rating... One thing I didn't get from this one so much was the kind of knockout super memorable bits. I think yeah. I think where this one lacks in, you know, what I was saying about oh, individual jokes and bits. Mm-hmm. I might have liked some stronger standalone segments. Because this one doesn't have anything like the state abbreviations or the Trader Joe's or the the, the, the Bill, Bill Gates. Gates finding twenty dollars, right. going to Chipotle and getting the guac, you know. Yeah. Um, all those things, all of my sort of favorite Gary Goldman bits up to this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, otherwise, I think it's a really great special. Yeah. Go listen to it. You should. Do it. Or if you're a rich person, you can watch it on the home box office. Review. Review. Someone's in here. Um, <laughs> I forgot what we were doing. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. Here's, uh, here's Someone's the, in here. Here's the sleeping situation question of the week. Hey, oh, the, oh, this is the new segment that I just made up. New segment. That's the theme. <laughs> Is uh, the sleeping situation question queer? Um, it's query of the week. Oh, query. Query. Uh, is uh, this week's query? Oh, we didn't do a random uh, opinions corner. Nope. I I've figured you didn't have one because you didn't bring it up. Forgot. We're doing this instead. Go. All right. This week's uh, query corner is: uh, Do you have a phone voice? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I do. Really bad. Our listeners know what, what I mean. Uh, certain people have a phone voice. They have a special voice that they break out only for the telephone. That's me. I feel like I get extra polite when I'm on the phone. Yeah, you'll be like, uh, yeah, so I'm calling to uh, make an appointment. That's the only time I say, hi there. Yeah, stuff like that. Hi there, I was just calling to uh, see about the... Uh, yeah, that's what you do. What do I do? You just get very... All of your words are very calculated, and you don't want to waste any words on the phone. Because I don't want to sound like an idiot. Because every time I dial a phone or answer a phone, I'm like, I'm going to sound stupid, and they're going to think I'm stupid forever. It's also the same way I talk when I, like, order at a drive-thru. Or, it is. Yeah. <laughs> And my voice goes up, like, half an octave. Yes, it does. Yeah. Anyway. My mom has a really good uh, phone voice. I'll have to listen next time. Yes. Yes. All right. Anywho. Um, cool. So now we're going to do game time. And as promised, last week we are doing a good old-fashioned top five. It's the uh, the game where we rank the top five of something and argue about it. 
And this week, we're going to rank the top five cheeses. Top five types of cheese. I anticipate this being the last ever podcast because Ivy's going to kick me out of the house. I'm sorry, if the potatoes one didn't do it, then I (laughs) am unsure what we're doing here. Um, Who's going first? You can go first. Top five cheeses. Uh, Number five is brie. Brie cheese. Best cheese for cracker dipping. You've probably never had brie cheese. I've never had brie cheese. Because it probably scares you. It's the kind... (laughs) It's in, like, a wheel, and then you cut a wedge out, and then, like, the outside is, like, a crust, kind of. It's, like, the the moldy part is, like, the outside. And then it's, like, soft and kind of runny on the inside, so you can just, like, take a cracker and scoop. Oh, that definitely scares me. Oh, it's so good. It's like a, uh, it's like a a white cheese type, uh, uh, I don't know how to explain how things taste using words, but anyway... Love a brie cheese. I think it's the best for crackers. Um, number four, Parmesan. Uh, it's good because you can top things with it and it makes things better. Yes, I said number four. You keep your mouth shut. Um, it's number four because it's it's only a topping cheese. On its own, it doesn't have as much merit, uh, but it, it does enhance most things that you put it on. Number three is uh, queso. Like queso blanco for for chip dipping, uh, like I just had tonight. Um, as you can tell, I like a white cheese in most cases, um, but queso is special because it has you know the spices in it. It's got it's got some bite. It's got some kick. But it's uh it's such a heavenly uh-huh. you know if if we're talking melty cheese, I want a queso blanco, like. Nacho cheese that's, like, the melted, like, craft singles that you get when you it's buy, not, like, nachos at a ball it's game. It's not melted, though. Yeah. It's just naturally liquid. Well, that's what I want. <laughs> as far as, like, a liquid cheese goes, a queso blanco is the superior, and that's why it's Liquid cheese, that's my uh, reggae group. Nice. Um, <laughs> number two is cheddar. And uh, you may be surprised because a, a yellow cheese has made it this high on my list. But there are so many things that you need, like a yellow cheese, to, to finish it off, you know? Uh, like a salad or certain, uh, like you need cheddar to make cheesy potatoes. Um, so it's, it's high up there because it's like your most standard yellow cheese that works with pretty much anything you needed to. Because there are some, like... You know, like a Colby doesn't really work with everything, but a cheddar will. Um, I don't have any honorable mentions because number one is mozzarella. Mozzarella is the best cheese because it's delicious to eat on its own. It's delicious to eat, like, on its own but as a part of something. So, like, a mozzarella stick, there's not even, there's not, like, other ingredients other than, like, the breading. But, like, like an, an, an unbreaded mozzarella stick, like the peely kind, delicious. Breaded mozzarella, good. Mozzarella on things, also good. Pizza or, you know, uh, pasta or whatever. Mozzarella is superior. Also, I order mozzarella on my burgers a lot, and it's delicious. When we go to Louis and get a burger... Louis? I get mozzarella on my We haven't been to Louis in a minute. Yeah. Gotta go there. One of these days. Someday. It's pretty, uh, pretty small place. I wonder if it's even open. It might not be. Uh, anyway, mozzarella reigns supreme. What, uh, top five you got? I'd like to talk for a minute because for the longest time, I, um, 
How dare you for the longest sing time. Billy Joel on my podcast? <clears throat> um, one time, we were in Cleveland, and Ivy had a job interview. Yes. And I was there for I'm not sure what reason. You drove me there. I drove you there. <laughs> she drove me here. Maybe, um, I think maybe my car was not working, and I think you had to drive me. What? No, I think it was... You know what I think it was? I think it was... Did you just go so we could go to Melt afterwards? I think it was like, let's go to Cleveland. Yeah, like we you just were made like, a day out of it. Yeah, you're like, I have a job interview, but we can like go around and like go to the bookstores and stuff. Yeah, I, I think, think you're that, right. I think that's yeah. what it was. Anyway. Anyhow. I didn't get that job. No. Ivy had a job interview, so I didn't know what to do. But there was this little uh, hip bar place around the corner. You know, like... It was actually what? underneath it. It was like this two-story building, and I went up in the top, and you were like... I think, it was, I think it was down a couple buildings, though. Well, close enough. It was next to that hat shop. Regardless. Where you put on that big uh, Abraham Lincoln hat. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in this little bar, and uh, I got a beer at, like, you know, noon or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't remember. And they had golf on the TV, so I was watching golf, and I'm like, <laughs> this is incredibly boring. But it was raining. Which was exciting. Uh, and Extreme I, golf. And I ordered, they were sweet potato chips mm-hmm. with blue cheese on them. Blue cheese has mold in blue it. Blue cheese has mold in it. Um, and it was pretty good. I've never, I'd never had blue cheese before that moment, and I've not had blue cheese since. That's the correct way to have blue cheese. Like, <laughs> any more than that is disgusting, but like on a salad or like chips or fries or something like that, that's the only time it's good. Um... So, apparently, I need to give blue cheese another shake, but, uh... I don't like a lot of blue cheese, then it gets pretty... Blue cheese has mold in it. All cheese has mold in it. That's what cheese is. (laughs) Blue cheese has mold in it. Oh, sorrow TV. All right. Top five cheese. Uh, Number five... Okay, I should say, before I get going, that I had two considerations in my ranking. Oh, um, number one is taste. Uh, number two is uh, amount of usage. Both of quality of ingredients and overall taste. Alfredo's pizza or pizza by Alfredo. There you go. I, it took me a second. <laughs> um, and the third is versatility. Oh. Is not only how often, but on in which uh, circumstances you can use a specific kinds of cheese. I'm imagining inside your brain. You know when they go inside of, like, Spongebob's brain, there's all the little Spongebob's in there. Mm-hmm. There's a table with three of you, and they all have, like, Olympic scorecards that they hold up. <laughs> and each one is scoring a different uh, cheese qualification. Right. Anyway. Germany yeah. always ranks low, though. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a deep cut reference. Do you, do you know what that is? Do you know what that was? Well, I know that they do it in uh, an extremely goofy movie. There you go. Is that the one that you were? Yeah. Because I think that's like sort of an overall joke, just in general. Like I feel like that's like is a, it? like I feel like that comes from somewhere, but they definitely do it in a, an extremely goofy right. movie. Right. That's that's what I was the like. Joke. Oh, and like an eight from Germany, right? Because he gets like straight tens and right. like an eight point five from Germany or something. Yeah. Germany always ranks low. Yeah. Oh, uh, number five is Swiss. Ugh. Ivy hates Swiss. And Swiss she is tastes incorrect. like crayons. Mixed with old diapers. <laughs> All right, here's the thing, though, with Swiss. Was that sometimes Swiss is the only option. 
Mm, kind of. If you're having a ham and cheese melt. I only like Swiss when it's melted on ham. That's the only time I'll eat it. It's the, That's the most acceptable. Like, like when I make those Hawaiian, Hawaiian uh, bun sliders, yes. those are so good. Yes. No other Swiss cheese would it. be acceptable. Swiss is, despite what Ivy may tell you, don't listen to what Ivy might tell you. Swiss is great on crackers. No. It's, I would rather eat a crayon on a cracker. <laughs> Listen, you knew you know what you signed up for when we started dating. I did, because I did it once before. So you know you know <laughs> what you're walking into. All right. Um, number four, Pepper Jack. Ugh. Blech. They put stuff in it. What's gluten? Take that shit out. Didn't you just... You just said that it had extra... You know, one cheese you had to add extra Queso. stuff. That's different. No! Yes, it is. Pepper Jack cheese is great. Blech. It's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> now, I let you... I'm sorry. <laughs> I let you list your cheeses without interrupting. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. All right. No, it's fine. Um, I reserve the right to say blet at least once for each <laughs> option on the list. That's fine. Um, pepper jack cheese is great. Has peppers in it. Has a little more kick, a little more zest. It's great on crackers. It's great on sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> I would imagine it would be great on uh, like uh, chips. And uh, what I'm, if you're in England? Yeah, I've never tried it on a salad, but I'm sure that might be. Uh, you tasty. did not like my joke. I understood. <laughs> you didn't like it, and I moved on. <laughs> like I need to do with some of your jokes. <laughs> Ivy's jokes are either they <laughs> they're either <laughs> just kill me, <laughs> like on the first try. Right, they're either the funniest thing I've ever heard <laughs> or religiously offensive to me. Yay! This is who I want to be. This is my goal in life. Number three. The authorities are coming. Wee woo. Um, number three. Is mozzarella. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. I don't think that mozzarella tastes that good on its own. <gasps> but I think that it does, in fact, enhance certain things that it can be put upon. It enhances everything. Uh, tacos and salads and uh, pasta. You rarely put mozzarella on a taco. Don't tell me what to do. All right. Um, isn't that what's on the, the El Rancho tacos? It's white cheese. It's white, but it's not mozzarella. Mozzarella is Italian. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, uh, it's, no, it's a different white cheese, I, I, okay. I guarantee you. Um, the fact that mozzarella is the primary ingredient in mozzarella sticks <laughs> earns it a uh, slot on the list. Number two is... Uh, Cheddar. Hey, we agree on cheddar. Cheddar cheese. Uh, universally great on everything. I think cheddar cheese is one of the only cheeses that you can just put it on everything and it's acceptable. That's probably true. Maybe except for pasta. I yeah, think, that'd be weird. I think cheddar would be weird on pasta. Like you could, but I... Yeah. But, uh, I mean... Yeah, I imagine it'd be Tacos, weird. salad... 
grilled cheese, hamburgers. I like cheddar on my hot dogs. That's how I've been eating my hot dogs recently, of of recent. As of late. As of late. Um, I think cheddar is a pretty versatile type cheese. Uh, which means that the number one uh, cheat. The number one cheese on my top five cheese list is the palm. The palm? The palm. You can't eat palm by itself. This is correct. You are correct in this statement. However, you can put Parmesan cheese on everything. Everything. Birthday cake. Everything. Banana. (laughs) Um... Soup. Here's my thing with parm. I'm I'm generally not a big cheese guy. You're not right? a big cheese guy, huh? I'm not the big cheese. Parmesan cheese makes everything better. In fact, there are some foods that are not edible without Parmesan cheese. What are those? I would say spaghetti. I think I think if you're going to eat spaghetti and you don't have parmesan cheese on it, you're eating spaghetti wrong. I would agree. Like you can eat other foods without certain kinds of cheeses on them. Mm-hmm. I've had salads without cheese on them. Yeah. I prefer my pizza without cheese. Ugh. If you're having pasta without parmesan cheese on it, I you're wrong. <laughs> I just thought about that uh the uh, the meme with Kylo Ren saying more, and it's the guy like shredding the Parmesan <laughs> at Olive Garden. <laughs> more. I'm sorry. Keep going. Uh, no, that's about all I had to say. Parm is the way, huh? And it doesn't even have that strong of a flavor. It has just just the right amount of magic. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's it feels like I'm just dumping magic powder. That would be, like, cocaine, wouldn't it? I, I've never tried, in all fairness, I've never tried cocaine on my spaghetti. But I can't imagine it's much better than parm. That seems legitimate. I can't see why you would be wrong. All right. Well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree, then. You'll just have to agree to be incorrect. You're wrong. I just want to run. No! Mozzarella is not the best cheese. It is. It's on all the best things. And it by itself is the most delicious tea. Anyway, we'll sit here and argue all night, but we gotta end the podcast sometime. What? I don't know. I think cheddar... I think if you're just gonna eat a chunk of cheese, I would go with cheddar. A string cheese is literally made of mozzarella. I know. But I would rather eat a string cheddar. Ew. No. Or a pepper jack. No. I don't like string cheese. It's anything. But. See, that's the thing with Swiss, though, is you gotta cut it with something. Because it tastes like crayon. Because it's gross. It's not gross. It's like old plastic. <laughs> it's like old magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Out of print magazines. It tastes like those little cardboard cards that you rip out of the magazine. <laughs> that when you open a magazine, a hundred of those perfume samples fall out. That's what Swiss cheese tastes like. When too many of those fall out of your magazine. Essence of cheese. <laughs> we have to end the podcast. <laughs> Someone, 
someone somewhere is like, please free me from this prison. Uh, thank you for listening. Tweet us your favorite kind of cheese, and also, if you have a phone voice, um, what else? Uh, follow us on stuff, send us your questions and suggestions, sleepingsituation at gmail.com, or we're sleeping situation or sleeping sitch on all the social thingies. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes, uh, and give us a four, five stars, which is the most. Give us the most stars, uh, because we would like that. And, um, yep, just tell us what you want to see next time. More cheese content? Just let us know. More cheese content. Uh, we would like a far less vegan podcast less time. More cheese content. Thank you. Be safe. We love you. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye.